Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Cannabis Real Podcast. It is your girl Rachel back with another episode. Yeah, so we are continuing with our series of the fruit of the spirit based on Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23. We skipped joy, or no, we skipped love for now. We're going to do love at the end, but we did joy, peace, patience, and now we're doing kindness. <sighs> kindness. This one was interesting to be thinking about and meditating on this week, and especially when I was doing my studying for this episode. It was just really convicting. Um, and because uh, I know the Holy Spirit reminded me that I'm not necessarily the most kind person and that I need to do better and be better. So I hope and I'm thankful for the conviction, and I've been praying the Lord would just help me to, the, to continue to develop these fruit of the Spirit, um, especially this week with kindness. So I pray that... It will like uh, likewise challenge you, um, help the and I pray that the Holy Spirit will help you you to see where you are when it comes to kindness. This was all these different all the different fruits of the spirit, but for the purpose of this episode, kindness especially that's the highlighted one. So we're gonna pray and then jump right on in. So to Heavenly Father God, thank you God for your kindness, your grace, your mercy, your love towards us, Father God. Thank you for your patience that you show us, Father God. I pray, Lord God, that you will be with me and all those who are listening to this episode and that you will just guide my mouth to say what you want me to say, say what you've called me to say, that it will be edifying and beneficial to those who hear it and that those who hear it will be, will be um, convicted of the word, Lord God, and challenged and that your Holy Spirit will take that conviction and help produce the fruit of your precious Holy Spirit. I pray all these things and many, many more in your son Jesus Christ's name. Amen. All right, so as always, we're going to jump into Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 23, reread our anchor scripture for this entire series, and go from there. So Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And once again, as I said yet last week, um, First and foremost, remember that all of the fruit of the Spirit are characteristics of God, qualities that God himself possesses. So let that kind of be your anchoring point when you, you're the, the, the perspective you start to kind of view all the different fruit. All these things are not, all these things God is asking, God is saying is fruit of his Spirit the, is, is things that he's calling us to develop and produce in our lives is only because he gives us himself he gives us his spirit to produce and to be developed in our lives so we have the ability to bear fruit in these areas because we have the holy spirit if you're a child of god so we have lots of scriptures to read through today so we're just gonna we're gonna power through it so i want to start off in isaiah chapter 63 verses 6 through 7 just to kind of set the tone so Isaiah chapter 63 verses 6 no, I'm sorry 7 through 9 verse 7 says I will tell of the kindness of the Lord the deeds for which he is to he is to be praised according to all that all the Lord has done for us yes the many good deeds he has done for Israel according to his compassion and many kindnesses he said surely they are my children they are my people, children who will be true to me. And so he became their savior. In all their distress, he too was distressed, and the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and mercy, he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. So I'm also going to read from Ephesians chapter 1. 
Ephesians chapter 1, verses 7 through 8. And that says, I'm reading out the NLT for this one. It says, He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. I'm also going to read Ephesians chapter 2 verses 4 through 7. It says, But God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who who are united with Christ Jesus. So meditate on that real quick while I get to my next passage. So we see in these different things these different passages, just the kindness of God, right? The kindness, the love, the kindness, the mercy of God. And I want that to be our starting point because Jesus is, so God is kindness. God is kind. Jesus is the the, the, the physical manifestation of God on earth. Jesus is kind. And we're going to dive into that in a, just a second. Um, but I just want to remind everybody, if you don't know, <laughs> which you should, but kindness is intentional. So God is intentional with his kindness towards us and the, and the kindnesses, the good, the things that he does, the things that he blesses his children with, blesses the people of the earth with. He's intentional in these things. And kindness is, kindness requires intentionality. We have to constantly choose to shift our our mindsets to shift our focus from ourselves to others and to looking for the needs looking out for others looking towards the needs of others how can you be of service how can you be helpful how can you do a kind deed to them what is a kind way how is how is a way you can treat somebody with kindness you can speak to somebody with kindness these are things that we should be challenging ourselves on every day and it is a challenge because it goes against our nature you know if you think about the 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 way of the sinful nature versus the way of the spirit it goes again and and it says in the bible i believe it's in galatians that they are in direct opposition to each other so the way of the spirit is is kindness but the way of the flesh is to not be kind is to be selfish so we have to constantly be challenging ourselves and and asking the holy spirit to help us be kind to people all people so we're going to move on a little bit. We're going to move on to a passage where Jesus says what I'm about to say. So we're going to read from Matthew chapter 5, verses 44 through 48. And so it says in 44, it says, But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. He shows kindness to the good and the bad, the unjust and the just. God is kind. God is kind. Okay? And he's calling us to be kind, to love our enemies, to pray for those who persecute us. It says in verse 46, If you love only those who love you, what reward is that is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, 
how are you different from anyone else? If you're only kind to your friends, then how are you different from the unjust? How are you different from the, the, the evil, the enemies, if you're only kind to the people who you like? He says, uh, uh, ending, uh, in the yeah, verse seven, if you only kind, if you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that, but you are to be perfect, even as your father in heaven is perfect. And now, obviously, we are fallen creatures. Mankind has fallen. We ourselves, we in and of ourselves, can never be perfect, but we are being sanctified and made perfect through Christ Jesus by the renewing of the Holy Spirit, the renewing work of the Holy Spirit. So he's challenging us to be like our father in heaven, to be like God, to be like Christ in how we handle people and how we love people and in how we are kind and show kindnesses towards people. So we're going to move on a little bit. So often in Jesus's ministry, as we read in Matthew chapter five, we see that Jesus was kind all throughout his ministry on the earth in all any you can pick up any gospel Matthew Mark Luke and John it is so clear that Jesus is kind he is kind to people all people he's kind to the he's kind to the to the to the Jewish his Jewish disciples he's kind to the 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 tax collectors he's kind to he's even kind to the Pharisees who are persecuting him who are are his enemies. He's kind to men and women of various positions of power or, or lowly who are who are themselves oppressed. He's kind to children. Jesus is kind. We are called to be like Jesus. We are called to be kind. So we're going to focus on a pas passage, a very, it should be familiar. If it's not familiar, I'm going to need you to start reading your Bible. But it is John chapter 4. It is the woman, uh, the Jesus talking with the Samaritan woman, also known as the woman at the well. And before we kind of read some of these, some of these verses in this, this chapter, I just want to highlight three things that we see Jesus does in his kind, out of his kindness, in his kindness towards this woman. So if you're not familiar with the passage, I'm going to briefly just go through some of the key points to start us off. So during this time, during the time of Jesus and in that culture, a man talking, a man, men and women were seen as inferior to men. I don't necessarily like it, but that's just the way, that's just the way it was, right? So we see Jesus talking to a woman at the well. And it's significant. There's three reasons why it's significant. Because cultural, the cultural and social rules at that time, according to those so, uh, cultural and social rules at that time, women were seen as inferior to men. So right out the gate, men didn't really speak to women like that. They weren't, it wasn't like how now and today you're in the grocery store and you find somebody on the same mile, you just kind of, you know, be polite and you say something, have a little word. Oh, you know, have a great day, blah, blah, blah. Men in, during this time and culture didn't even necessarily do that. Like there was just no reason to because women were seen as inferior. So out the gate, Jesus is taking time to talk to a woman, a woman, right? He's taking the time to talk to somebody who was seen as inferior to him just out the gate based off of how she was born. The second thing that Jesus regard, disregards according to the social and cultural rules at that time, because of his kindness, out of his kindness and an act of kindness, he talks to this Samaritan woman 
at this well. So if you didn't know, Jews and Samaritans, if you go back and read the Old Testament, you know, there was the, the nation of Israel, which was all 12 tribes, and then the nation of Israel split soon after Solomon's reign. They split 12, no, 10 tribes were with Israel, and then Judah and Benjamin, and I think a, not like a half tribe, but it's Ju mostly Judah and Benjamin were the, 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 the country, the nation of Judah. So you had the nation of Judah, the nation of Israel. Israel's new capital became Samaria, and Judah's capital was Jerusalem. So Jews from to the Jews we read about in the New Testament are from they are descendants of those who stayed within the kingdom of Judah after the split. The two the two tribes that stayed within the kingdom of Judah after the split. Jews, Judah. The nation nation of Israel, they have intermarried and got intermingled with with all different kinds of people and they became the Samaritans. So because of this, Jews and Samaritans hated each other. Jews felt that Samaritans had betrayed their faith by intermarrying with foreigners, and so they did not talk to each other. So the fact that Jesus, a Jew, was talking to a Samaritan, another one of those out-the-gate, weird kind of things to look at when you're reading in the Bible. It goes against the cultural and the social rules at that time. He's talking to a Samaritan. He's talking to a Samaritan woman. And the third thing that Jesus completely disregards when it comes to culture and social rules is that this woman, which we'll read about, she was not a she was a woman with a reputation for being kind of, as we would say, in the streets. You know, she was she's been in and out of the streets. So she has a reputation. So not only was this woman a woman, she was a Samaritan who Jews hated, or culturally who hated. Jesus didn't, you know, necessarily hate anybody, but culturally Jews and Samaritans did not speak to each other. And she was a woman who, a teacher, someone of a well-respected man such as Jesus, who was a teacher, would not be seen, wouldn't even care to talk to somebody, a woman of a low, you know, low reputation. So those three things set the scene for the fact that Jesus is choosing to talk to somebody who every culture and social norm tell, says he don't even have to associate. He should have, he, he could have just ignored her as if he'd never seen her and nobody would have said anything. Matter of fact, his his disciples, when he when they find out later on in chapter four, when they find out that he was talking with this woman, they're kind of they, they were too afraid to say anything, but they were thinking like, What's up? why was he talking to the Samaritan woman? So anyway I digress. But we're gonna jump in and read a little bit. But real quick, like I said, he Jesus disregards all of these social and cultural rules and norms at that time. And he chooses to be kind to this woman. Jesus was kind. I want you to go into these pa this, this passage as I read it with the lens that God, Jesus, is kind. Okay? And he, was, he saw a woman in need of something that she could not attain for herself. He saw a woman in need of something that she couldn't get for herself. And that was the living water. So we're going to read about that. So in John chapter 4, verses 7 through 14, it says, When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said, said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. 
Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as did also his sons and his livestock? So at this point, the woman, the, the lady at the well, the woman at the well, she's like, I, what are you talking about, bro? Like what living water? You ain't, you don't got no bucket. You ain't got no ladle. You ain't got no pail, no cup, no nothing. How, what, what water are you talking about? And why are you even talking to me? You're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. You're a man. I'm a woman. Why are you talk? Why are we even having this conversation? She was she was confused. She was like, "What are you, what are you talking about?" So Jesus says to her, in verse thirteen: Everyone who drinks this water, this living water, that he says that he would have given her, if she had asked him for it. Everyone who drinks this water will be, or no, I'm sorry, he's talking about regular water, the water from the well that Jacob himself drank from. Everyone who drinks that water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. There's living water. He says, indeed, the water I give them will, will, become, will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So, Jesus offers her eternal life. He offers her himself. He offers her himself. But we're also going to read in just a second how Jesus does not... Or actually, I'm going to talk about it. Then we're going to come back and read it. But right after this, right after verse 14, they go into talking about the woman. Then you get the explanation of the woman's reputation. And you find out that she's been married and divorced several times, five different times. And keep in mind that in this time, in this day and age, in this cultural setting, men divorced women. Women did not necessarily, couldn't divorce men. So the fact that she'd been married and divorced five times means that she has been married. And then the man was like, I don't want to be married to you no more. And he divorced her. So a whole bunch of rejection wrapped up in that. That's a great story when it comes to like God redeeming the oppressed, the rejected, all those things out of his kindness. But I digress. But Jesus, he don't sugarcoat her situation. She's been married five times. She's been divorced five times. And the person, the man that she's currently with is not her husband. So now we know that she's shacking up, as the older people like to say, you know. And despite all of all of what God, well, all of what Jesus knew she was in, all the mess that Jesus knew she was in, he was still kind. He did not condemn her. He just, he stated the fact. He's like, yeah, and the, what you, the man you with now, no, ain't even your husband. So what you have just said is quite true. But he didn't condemn her, but rather he showed her that what she really needed was a right relationship with God. What she really truly needed to be set free from this, what, whatever she was battling with on the inside of her, was a right relationship with God, was himself, was the living water that only Jesus can give us. So we're going to read about that in John chapter 4 verses 21 through 26. So it says, woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the father in this, in, in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship him in the spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus had to finally just make it very, very plain to her. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. I am the Messiah. 
So Jesus offers himself to her out of a kindness. He offers what she cannot attain for herself, the living water, the ability to have a right relationship with God, to worship the father in spirit and in truth is through the Christ, through the Messiah, through Jesus. He offers that kindness of the truth, of the knowledge of a right relationship with God. I hope this is making sense. Um, I was struggling to try to figure out, like I said at the beginning, to figure out how to, where, what angle do I want to take this kindness from? And what I'm really trying to get you guys to see in John chapter 4 is the kindness of Jesus. The fact that he took time to speak to a woman who most people would have never even talked to, who have, who have never showed any kind of kindness to. And he chose to talk to her. He talked to her with, with dignity and respect. He talked, you know, he told her about herself, but in a way that was not disrespectful, not in a way that was condemning, but rather it's just the truth of the matter. And he offered her something that she couldn't get for herself. He showed her a kindness. He told her the truth about how to get what you, what you lack. I got, it's living water. It's the truth about God. It's how to, it's how God, Jesus Jesus, God is going to clear everything up. She was right. When the Messiah comes, everything going to get set straight. And Jesus is like, I am that dude. I am the guy who's going to set everything straight for you. I'm the one who's going to make a way for you to worship the Father in spirit and in truth. A right relationship with God. That in and of itself, the fact that Jesus offers himself to us so that we can have a right relationship with God is the greatest kindness we could ever see. As we read... In Ephesians chapter one and chapter two. But anyway, I digress. We're gonna we're gonna move on a little bit. But I really hope that if you didn't see if you if I was if I wasn't making it clear to you in John chapter four, I encourage you to read John chapter four for yourself and see how Jesus was kind. Look at that passage through a lens of Jesus was kind. How can I see the kindness of Jesus in this passage? The fact that throughout his earthly ministry, Jesus healed people. He talked to people that other people had deemed as um lowly and oppressed and he talked to he talked to he talked to a Canaanite woman. He he saved a Canaanite woman's child in another another gospel. Like he's he's healing people, he's saving people, he's talking to people, he's forgiving people of their sins. He's being kind. Jesus is kind. We are called to be like Jesus. Granted, it's not our calling to forgive people of their sins and all these other things, but we can do a good work. We can do a kind act to them. Jesus started John chapter four off by just talking to a woman at the well about God. We can do a kind work. We can help out a homeless person. We can help out somebody within our church community. We can help. We can be kind. We can have kind words to the person who is serving us at a restaurant. We can have kind words to the person at the the store who's check who we are asking questions to. We can be kind in our daily lives. It is a choice. It takes intentionality, but we can be kind. Jesus chose to be kind. We can choose to be kind to people. Kindness comes up in any kind of way. It's it's out of it's I got let's go back and reread the definition of kindness real quick kindness and that's if I, I might have not read it if I didn't read it then I apologize but I'm gonna read it now the definition of kindness is the quality of being friendly generous and considerate we see Jesus being friendly generous and considerate it's also the quality of being generous helpful and caring about other people we see Jesus being generous helpful and caring about others that 
is kindness. God is kind. Jesus is kind. We can be kind. We can be friendly. We can be generous. We can be considerate of other people. We can care about other people. We can be helpful towards other people. I challenge you to look at John chapter 4 through the lens of Jesus being kind. Jesus being friendly. We see that. Jesus being generous. Jesus being considerate. Jesus being helpful. Jesus caring about other people. That's that's all Jesus. That is Jesus. Jesus is those things. Jesus came and did those things. He is still those things. We can be like Jesus. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we can be like Jesus. Okay. I'm going to digress just a little bit and we, we're going to read some, some verses. So real quick, in Acts chapter 14, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but to give a little context, um, starting in verse 8, Paul and Barnabas were speaking to a, a group of people. And after Paul and Barnabas had healed a man who had been lame since birth, they the people who were in this Gentile Roman city or whatever, it was Listeria and Derby, they were like, Paul, Barnabas, that's Zeus, that's Hermes, because they out here healing people, doing miracles. And Paul says this after hearing what they had to say. We're going to start in verse 14. It says, but when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of this, them referring to them as Zeus and Hermes, when they heard of this, they tore their clothes and rushed out into the crowd shouting, friends, why are you doing this? We too are only human like you. We are bringing you good news, telling you to turn from these worthless things to the living God. That in of itself, bringing the good news, the truth, that's a kindness. Who made the heavens and the earth and the seas and everything in them. In the past, he, God, let all nations go their own way. Yet he has not left himself without testimony. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their seasons. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy. What Paul is trying to get them to see is that God is, he has shown kindness to everybody. As it said, as we saw uh, earlier, that God is kind to the just and the unjust, to the righteous and the unrighteous. God is like, uh, Paul's like, God has been kind to you just by letting it rain in your, in your area so that you have crops to eat and water to drink. He's like, he has allowed the crops to grow in the season. We see in the Old Testament how God causes famines. So God is, Paul is just trying to get people to see how, how he's trying to get them to open up their minds and their perspective to see how the kindness of God actually works. It is a kindness that there is rain. It is a kindness that there is sunshine. It is a kindness that there the wind blows. It's a kindness that there are bees that help pollinate the earth. It's all the kindness of God. It's all the kindness of God because God is using these things to provide for us. This is provision. God is providing. He, Paul's like, God has shown you kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their seasons. It could have been a famine. He didn't have to let them crops grow. But out of his kindness, he did these things as a testimony to his own kindness. I don't know if I'm doing this right, y'all. I hope. Please let me know in the comments. Let let me know in the comments if this is making sense. Because if it's not, then I want I might have to do this episode over again from a different perspective. I might have to do kindness from a different perspective. But please let me know if this makes sense. Um, but I'm I'm gonna keep going just to finish it up. When it comes to the kindness of God, the kindness of Jesus. So in Act no in Romans chapter two verse two it says. It says, now you, now 
We know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. So when you, a mere human being, pass judgment on them, yet do the same things, do you think that you will escape God's judgment? Verse 4, it says, Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? So take that same kindness you saw in Acts 14, where he, where Paul is like, he has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and the crops in their seasons. Take that same kindness you saw in John chapter 4 of Jesus taking the time to be kind and considerate and helpful and friendly and talking to this woman at the well who no other man would have talked to. And take all that, all the things that God has done for you, all the things that we read about that in his word that he's done for the people of, from out, you know, from the beginning of time beginning of creation think about all the ways that jesus healed people in his ministry cared for people provided food for people feeding the five thousand. how god has just been providing from the beginning how god has been kind from the beginning do you not realize that god's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance it's supposed to challenge you to change your ways it is supposed to convict your heart to change your ways, to turn from your evil ways and turn to God. That is the purpose of kindness, is to show who God is and how we need him desperately and how we want more and more of him. Taste and see that the Lord is good, right? So we're going to keep going. In Romans chapter 11, however, Romans chapter 11, it says, 11 verse 22, it says, Therefore, consider therefore the kindness and the sternness of God. Sternness to those who fail, but kindness to you, provided that you continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you will be you will be cut off. <laughs> but it's not a laughing matter, but it's very serious. Or you will be cut off. But consider the kindness and the sternness of God. But consider, but for the purpose of this episode, consider the kindness of God. And how it's said in Romans 22, in Romans chapter 2, verse 4. Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. All the kindness we see throughout the Bible, throughout the scriptures, Old and New Testament, all the kindness, kind acts that Jesus did for people that he came in contact with was intended to lead them to repentance. What does Jesus tell the woman caught in the middle of adultery? Go and sin no more. After he disperses her accusers, he tells her, go and sin no more. What does Jesus often tell people after he's healed them? Go and sin no more. He's, it's the kindness is intended to lead people to repentance. So I'm taking this, take this from a, a, two different perspectives, two, two different perspectives. God's kindness towards us is intended to lead people to repentance. Our kindness towards other people is intended to lead people to repentance. And it is out of a love for God and out of the kindness that God has given us, out of a desire to be perfect like our father is perfect that we show kindness to other people because it is pleasing unto god okay i got one last verse well one last passage and then i'm gonna digress this was a little long and like i said if you made it all the way to the end please 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 let me know in the comments if this message makes sense if it doesn't then i will have to redo it because i really need everybody to get this i really need everybody to get this Oh, look at that. 
sorry, I have a study Bible and just one of the, it's the highlights, the fruit of the spirit in this last passage I'm about to read. But the wonders of his love, God shows kindness abundantly to his children. His loving kindness is everlasting. God wants his children to be kind to one another and expects them to express brotherly kindness even in the midst of trials. It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Kindness is a virtue to be added to faith. Kindness, not a human reaction. Remember, I said kindness Kindness is, is contra contradictory to our, 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 our natural inclination. Our in natural inclination is to not be kind. It is to be selfish. It says kindness, not a hu natural human reaction, must be developed in the believer in order for her or him to minister to others in the name of a loving God. It is intended to bring people to repentance. It is intended to be ministering to people, edifying to people, helpful to people. All throughout the scriptures, it talks about God helping and loving and delivering the oppressed and the downtrodden and the downcast. That kindness is his way of showing his love. One of the many ways in which he shows his love for us and how our kindness towards others is how we show is how is the fruit of the spirit is how we we're able to tell the, the, the evidence of the fruit of evidence of the, the spirit living in us, but it's also with a purpose to minister to others in the name of a loving God. So I'm going to read this last passage and I'll be done. This episode was a little bit long. So in uh, Colossians chapter three, verses 12 through 17, it says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them in all together in perfect unity. Verse 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, you can speak kindness, you can do acts of kindness, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So that is what I leave you with today. Kindness is a fruit of the Spirit. God wants his children to be kind to one another, and he expects us to express that same brotherly kindness, even in the midst of trials, to all people. As we read in Matthew, not just the ones we like, but the ones we don't like. Not this, just the ones we know, but the ones we don't know. And like I said, two main things. Our kindness towards others is out of, out of, is out of, is, is out of a love for God. And the, the biggest thing is that God's kindness towards us is intended to lead us to repentance, to lead us into a closer relationship with himself. So that is all I have. I leave you with a prayer and a challenge. The challenge is that you consider God's kindness to you and that you choose to practice imitating Christ in, the, in that way and show kindness to others, not just the people that you know and like. 
So I'm going to say a prayer and we'll be done. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, God, for your kindness. I thank you for your goodness, your grace, your mercy, Father God. Thank you, Lord, that you have, that your kindness was intended to, to lead us to your to yourself, to lead us to repentance, to lead us back into a right relationship with you. Lord God, help us to be kind. Help us to be kind to those we know and love and, and also to those we don't know and don't yet, don't love lord god help us to love our enemies and to pray for those who persecute us father god help us to forgive and to to to, to be patient with our brothers and sisters in christ help us to be kind god i pray that you will cultivate this fruit in our lives father god and let it produce and let it grow lord Lord, let it grow grow in us help us to grow in our kindness towards other people help us to grow in our knowledge of your kindness towards us and let it go from there i thank you god for your grace your mercy your love and your kindness I pray, Lord, this message will reach all who was intended to meet. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, like I said, I apologize. It was a little long. If you didn't, if if it doesn't make sense, you feel like I was rambling, if the things, the line dots are not quite connecting, please leave a comment. Please hit me up and let me know that this didn't make no sense. And I will, I will, if you, if, if I get somebody who tell me it don't make no sense, I might have to do it again. Because I need y'all to get this. But yeah, until next time. Bye.